This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mary Anna. North Island Pairs, we catch up with the champions, two of the three little aces. Jack tells us of his latest collection of how many A points, Barry? 238 for the year. Ooh. Not not knocking on heaven's door with Mike Weir, but that's another story. And Jeremy has still got a secret weapon. And some other little tidbits. So, results from the North Island Pairs. Winners were, actually I think it's 2.35 by the way, I lied. <laughs> the winners were Jack James and Jeremy Fraser Hoskins. Coming on from just off the pace in the last round to get up and beat uh, Michael Wibley and Matthew Brown. Top effort. It was, and a little bit of help from their friends playing <laughs> Michael and Matt in the last round. We'll hear more about that in the interview with Jack. That was the, certainly the main event of the weekend, and exciting to watch barometer-style scoring when you're sitting at home watching the rounds ticking away. It's pretty interesting, isn't it, Mariana? <laughs> yeah, very good. If only all events were held like that. It's a lot of work, a lot of boards to deal, and obviously requires a lot of organisation, but good for the players, and pretty damn good for the spectators too. Uh-huh. Heart goes out to our friend Blair Fisher. There are still tournaments to come. Come on, Blair. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a sad tale for our friend Kermit, too. Oh, what's yeah, up? Well, she was playing in the North Island Pairs with Paul Carson. They were up there all the way in the top five, certainly the top ten for most of the way. Just finished up 12th. Yep. And I don't suppose she'll care because she's got lots of them, but where would you believe it? The A points go to in the North Island Pairs, they came down to 11th. Oh no! <laughs> so it was stuck in it. pretty sad, but there you go. Speaking of that, Waikato area pairs held this weekend. The overall winners were Ian and Pam Moore from Cambridge now, but members of Hamilton as well. I especially want to mention Sonia Crawford and Leslie Quilty came in second, and Sonia got three A points for coming second. What? Why do I mention that? You ask, because Sonia is closing in on Grandmaster. She's on. 477 A's I think it is Age so, 93 93 and closing in Imagine getting to Grandmaster at the age of 93 <laughs> right, And I reckon she's going to do it If she goes to Congress And it's pretty hard to keep her away from Congress To be fair yeah. Every year she says, oh, well, I don't think I'll be going this year. But then when it gets closer, she just can't resist turning up to play the senior teams or, or whatever. <laughs> and this year, she didn't even try to pretend she wasn't going to be there. I think she's going. Oh, nice. Well, that's another little tick box, isn't I it? I think she won the seniors teams at 90, uh, two or three years ago. She won the seniors teams and she didn't have time to hang around. Because she was getting on a plane to Singapore to watch her horse running, her horse running in the Derby. Can you believe that? At ninety years old, if only we could all be like that. So anybody out there that's under ninety playing bridge, there's an example to you. You can still be a grandmaster, and you can still have a runner in the Derby. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Manamana. 
What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Hi there, Mariana. What's your tip for this week? Don't just blindly memorise bridge tips. <laughs> so my tip this week is don't listen to tips. Well, it's not quite like that. Now, when we get started learning the game of bridge, there's an awful lot to get to grips with, and we tend to learn things by rote. Things like always lead the fourth highest of your longest and strongest, that kind of thing, or eight, ever, nine, never, when we're thinking about finding the queen in a suit. Now, they are great things to fall back on, but you have to take the whole hand in context, the bidding and what's happened so far in the play, those rules or tips are great to fall back on, but they need to be applied. Here's an example with that eight ever, nine never rule. Mm-hmm. We're looking for the queen and we have 28 points between us and somebody's opened the bidding. Clearly this eight, ever, nine, never rules not going to apply here because we have some extra information. The person that opened the bidding has all the points, so we would play them for the Queen. Bridge tips are fantastic. (laughs) I'm just getting that in there. But we need to look at them in context of the whole hand and it doesn't excuse us from thinking. My novices have three golden rules for me. It probably doesn't apply as much, but I ask them, don't tell lies about your hand, don't get creative, and when in doubt, ask questions. So, don't know, is that a blindly following tip lines, I guess? Well, I think those are excellent guidelines. And maybe instead of rules, talking about how we lead fourth highest of mm-hmm. our longest and strongest, we shouldn't call them rules because we shouldn't break rules. Maybe they should be called guidelines. We're not absolved of thinking. They're guidelines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that gives them a lot more flexibility, doesn't it? Oh, I don't know. I might be encouraging some people to go wild by saying that. Well, they might say to me, Pam, <laughs> there was just a guide. I've <laughs> got a question for you. When's your mm-hmm. next tournament coming up? I just played the National Peers in Palmerston North. Gosh, it was a nice tournament. A lot of had. It was 123 hands. Congratulations to those place getters. All those young people and the amazing Johnny Davidson giving the oldies a bit of a shake-up. The average age of the place getters were quite impressive. And my next one is on toodling over to Hawke's Bay for the Fullerton teams, which I'm looking forward to. And I believe your guests on the show this week are Jeremy and Jack, and they will be my teammates. So that will be fun. How about that? Yes, they're both looking forward to it. And, of course, the old fellas, he's making a trip down there as well. Uh (laughs) Aha! Yeah, so you'll see Barry and their normal team. Nice. Well, I'll be playing with Paul Carsons. I'll be the matriarch of the team. <laughs> I don't know if it was, if you recall this, but I was playing in a team here in Hamilton, and our average age was seventy-two. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I'm busting the average age of the team at Hawks Bay. <laughs> you can hold the flag up for all of us older types. Come on, mature. mature. Okay, that's a good word. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you.
one of my favourite lads, Planbridge at the moment, on the phone, Jack James. Congratulations on the weekend. Thanks, Mariana. This is a great tournament. So tell me, Jack, are you all battered and bruised or is it easier falling off a log? <laughs> Pretty battered. It's a lot of bridge for a weekend. <laughs> How many boards did you play, Jack? We played five twenty-fours, about 120. Holy. I think it was 123. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. The rumour I heard was that Matthew Brown got beaten up in the last round by his wife and his mother-in-law, and that sort of helped you a little bit. Yeah, I think I owe Andy a couple of bucks and a drink. <laughs> <laughs> should be happy about that. Hmm. So round one started off really well? Yep, pretty good start. Tell me about round two. Oh, well, middle of the day, I think I was starting to fall asleep and Jeremy was starting to wake up, so that was never going to go too flash. <laughs> Actually, Jeremy must be pretty stoked as well. Congratulations to you, Jeremy. And we're lucky enough to catch up with Jeremy FH later on in the show, and he gives his little tidbits about the North Island Pairs. A's to K's race is looking pretty damn hot for you two. It's pretty good. I mean, you've got to remember that was only uh, five kilometres travelled for me, so that was pretty good. <laughs> the K's to A's was right up there, yeah. I've got the update from Blair on the A-point race, and it's fair to say that he's not entirely happy. He says he hasn't given up hope. You're on 233, Jeremy on 214, and Blair back on 185. Looking yeah. good at this stage. Pretty good. I think that might put me closer to Mike Weir than it puts Blair close to me. <laughs> actually, well, 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 three holes in the ground. Unsurprisingly, I'm pretty sure Blair has actually done the calculation, Jack. He reckons he's about, he's on 185. He's 48 behind you, and Michael Weir's 48 ahead of you. It's almost identical. So well, not who much in catches it. Who? Are you going to make a phone call to good old Mike, are you? Maybe. Maybe, Maybe. there's a scone or two in it, but I'm not putting money on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, some of us are already are already in trouble, Jack. So. <laughs> Jack, what I do know is Blair is 100% committed to chasing you down. Well, I think he's actually in a bit of a tough spot because he's playing a lot with me. And so how's he going to pick up on those? Absolutely I think he was hoping to start it off with five or six this weekend and for you to get none. I don't know. I mean, the way you're going, Jack, I, I wouldn't want to bet against you getting any this weekend. Well, I'd never bet against myself, so that seems fair. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and fair to say, Jack, a lot of people are noticing your name. We were playing in the Waikato area piers yesterday at Hamilton Bridge Club and your name got bandied around. Who is this lad? I brought them up to date on you, about your chest, where you're from. I couldn't quite get your age right. God, I thought you even knew your mother's maiden name and, you know. <laughs> Look, at one stage, Jack was actually going to be employed by me. That's how well I know Jack James. Uh, there you go. So now, Jack, were you lying third going into the last round, is that right? I think we might have been third going in, yeah. We, we few, definitely were in front. A few nervous moments when you're lying third going into the last three boards? Yeah, pretty tough. I probably shouldn't say this, but I know exactly that situation. North Island Piers and about about 20 years ago, I was in that situation. Oh, my God. <laughs> Third going into the last round. And, and actually, funnily enough, I think Carol Richardson was involved too. So there you go. Oh, it can happen. Bit of luck in the last three boards never goes astray. Hey, Jack, do you have a board of the weekend? Board of the week? There was a good fun one. I think partner opened two hearts. Of course, because it's Jeremy and me, this is a week two, but like a five-card suit in absolute garbage. Very much our style. The person on my right proceeded to bid two spades, and I looked at my hand, I was 5-5 five, five in the red, an ace in each red, I thought, oh, beautiful. So we have like absolutely no defensive tricks here, so I just slammed down five hearts. 
all the pressure onto North and North Crack. Where did you finish up? On that board, must be close to a top. North smacked us with Queen Jack X of Hearts and just goes two off. But of course, they're cold for five spades. Four Hearts was never going to get the job done. Never. So what's the secret to winning the North Island Pairs anyway, Jack? Was it system? Was it card play? Was it defence? What was your main source of match points over the weekend, do you think? I think neither Jeremy or I look at it and go, we did anything too special. But I think a large amount of it comes down to keeping calm and partnership harmony. There are a lot of things we did just to please partner at the table rather than actually going out of our way to beat things. Good advice. Everybody could do that at the club. They don't, though. Matthew Brown and Michael Wibley, pretty good pair just behind you. Always nice to have somebody that like that to knock over in the last round. I hope they're not listening to this. <laughs> they will be. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> OK, Jack, so what's your next plans? What's coming up next? We've got Terradale 5A this weekend and then uh, Fullerton teams the weekend after. I think I am booked to December. Pretty hot field lining up in the Fullerton teams. I think I counted something like 23 internationals playing there. There's only 18 teams entered, something like 23 wow. internationals. That's going to be a good event, Jack. Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty hot field at the moment. Pretty happy with that. Probably the strongest field they've had in the Fullerton for quite a while, I, I would have thought. For some reason, a lot of these tournaments recently have been incredibly strong fields. Like the national pairs and then here the North Island pairs are incredibly strong. Since COVID, it's like, I don't know what's happened. Even if the numbers aren't great, the strength of the fields is, is really good. Hey, Jack, got a question about Congress. Have you got just the one partner for Congress or are you doing multiple? I have the two partners for Congress. So for the teams, I have George Masters in a team with Blair Fisher, Lizzie Fisher and Claire and Wayne. And for the peers, I have Anne-Marie Russell. What's your next big event with Jeremy? Fullerton teams, two weeks. After that, I guess there's some random 10A in Hamilton. It can be a bit random. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I have a tournament every week. I don't know what goes on. I'm, I'm just trying to get through the week day by day. I still think Jeremy's winning one thing, and that's the race to Grandmaster. I think he might beat you there. Well, you never he's know. 100 ahead, but you never know. Never say die, you reckon? The plan was to get it by 25, and it looks like I'm going to get it by 24. So he was still in diapers when you were talking about that North Island Piers being behind oh, God, Barry. anyway. Um, <laughs> so See, you are old. I don't know why you keep trying to put it out. What's the age difference between you and Jeremy? About six months. I'm what? six months older than him. Good goal to have, Jack. So if you added both your ages together, you'd still be younger than Mariana. Oh, Cole, here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, look... I think that was a fantastic result, Jack James. Awesome. Dad will be absolutely stoked. Uh, We shall see you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks at the Fullerton, uh, Jack. I'll probably just be making up the numbers over there, but you never know. (laughs) Got to be in to win. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, thanks for coming on the Bridge Zone, Jack, and congratulations once again. Big effort winning the North Island Pairs for 2021. No worries. Thank you. Look what we've got. We've got the other half of the North Island pairs. Yeah, that's good, because I had a question I wanted to ask. Now, I heard, Jeremy, that with three boards to go, you were lying third. Lying third? I've made a point never to look at the barometer, because it causes me so much undue stress, and I told Jack to do the same. So if he looked at it, then that's on him. No, no, no. I looked at it. No, Barry was looking, Jeremy. Got oh, right. to do with None of you two broke any code. So anyway, so with three boards to go, you were lying third. And while um, 
Matthew Brown and Michael Wibley were over getting beaten up by Matthew's wife and mother-in-law. You had three <laughs> boards to go. What can you remember about those last three? I remember I thought that I needed a little bit of a miracle. And so when my partner opened Strong 2 Club Auction, I decided I'd better just go for it. And now I've found six of a minor, six diamonds, which was cold, which was awesome. And how much did you have, Jeremy? I, I had a seven count. I had one, three, four, five, seven count. Ace, ten, nine to five clubs and king of hearts. So that was, was enough for, for six diamonds, was it? We had a bidding option. I got the impression that Jack didn't have the ace of hearts, which was pretty useful for my hand because after he'd opened two clubs, I bid two diamonds, showing just 13 cards pretty much. So I knew that I was right signing the contract, missing the ace of hearts, which was useful. Turns out I didn't actually need the king of hearts because mate had a singleton there for me. Okay. Um, it did give me a bit more peace of mind, uh, which really just helped out a bit when partner put down his 6-1-4-2 shape. So the opponents had 10 hearts between them. You were probably lucky to get a free run. Yeah, nine hearts between them. The singleton and I had three to the king. Oh, you had three. Oh. Definitely could have gone any way on that auction. But it turns out that we got exactly the same scores that Matt and Michael got, except we were sitting north-south, whereas they were sitting east-west. Ouch. Oh. <laughs> so it was Andy and Carol at the other table bidding six diamonds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeremy, you know we've named yourself Jack and Blair the three little aces, and we're closely monitoring the A's to K's. So oh, really? what are you doing over the next... Oh, you're playing with Jack, aren't you? And Blair has definitely said he's committed to catching up. So you guys got yeah, so a bit got, of a battle. Yeah, Jack and I have Hastings coming up, but um, the big one for me to try and catch up is I'm playing with Chris Ackerley down in Invercargill for the national teams, whereas Jack's playing with George Masters. Fingers crossed that will give me some time to catch up, really just see how that one goes. Yeah, a little birdie told me that Timaru secret as well. All right. Yes, yeah, so I playing that one with Leon. We thought you were trying to sneak that one in without anybody knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Got to do what you got to do, right? Yes, you do. Hey, fantastic. Thanks for taking the time to have a chat to the Bridge Zone. A lot of our listeners are following you three very eagerly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> North Island yes, Pairs 2021. One. Must feel good. Absolutely. Bye. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge. Morning. So this week, we want to just ask your opinion as a director. How does this go? Some clubs have a policy with new players that you can have a thing called a no-doubling card. You're not allowed to double the beginners. Some clubs have, like, learner's plates, so they have a big L or whatever. I'm not quite sure what that's meant to do. Other clubs have things like green pins for beginners and I don't know what that means either whether you're allowed to, whether you're allowed to do something or whether you're not. What do you think about this sort of treatment of new players Julie? That is a really interesting question because we have large number of clubs that do very different things not least because of the limitations they have on when they play and whether they have enough room or people to create different sessions if you look at the large clubs, they have sessions that are geared for beginners, whereas if you look at very small clubs or smaller clubs, a lot of the time when they play on their club night, they're in one big group. So the people that can do beginner sessions separately can do lots of different things, and really, since we're beginners playing against beginners, we don't really need to do anything about how we introduce them to the game because we're playing in an equal field to a large degree. But 
once we have groups that are mixed, then it's pretty hard if you're a beginner player to come into a club and compete against people that are a lot stronger and probably to some degree quite demoralising. I mean, it's a hard game and doing badly all the time is sort of depressing. I went along to athletics when I was a young girl and was running and I came last in every race because I don't have very long legs and I can't run to save myself. I gave up running, strangely enough. You know, there was no reward, no value. So we want to protect people and there's lots of different things we can do. Handicapping, I, the green pen, I understand vaguely from what you've said, it means that you can ask questions. You get a free shot at having a couple of questions, think two questions. Can get I think if while you're playing, and I actually quite like that idea because we run supervised duplicates at Auckland and that really does help people. They can just ask for a little bit of advice, learn a little bit, and just play a little bit better. No doubling card. That I don't understand. When we teach people the game and we teach the scoring and everything, it is the whole game. When we start removing things, it's like not calling the director if something goes wrong. We remove part of what the game is. And to some degree, I remember when I equally... When I was learning things like transfers, going for 1400 I never forgot a transfer ever again. <laughs> yeah, true. So sometimes some of these things help us learn better because we do so badly. So I'm not sure about how much we wrap our beginners in cotton wool and how much we don't. I do know, and I really do sympathise, that with small clubs where you've got much groups, it is really, really difficult to find that line of introducing people and not upsetting other people and all sorts of things. It is really hard, and I don't know that there is an answer. Mm, it is tough, isn't it? Obviously, if, you, if you're a big enough club to have a, a beginner's group, that's good. If you, well, A lot of clubs in New Zealand obviously aren't in that happy position. I guess there's a little bit of benefit that if you're a beginner and you start off playing against more experienced players, you might learn a bit better habits. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, yes, you've got people that will help correct you, and that's the other thing. That is one thing I would absolutely say for mixed groups is that the rule for beginners coming in is that you don't tell them what they should or shouldn't do unless they ask you for help. We had a situation in Auckland quite a few years ago where someone was trying to be helpful and someone got very upset because they were intimidated and thought they were being rude. It is really easy to be misunderstood. Yeah, I'm often misunderstood, Mariana, I'm sure. Oh, that's poor Barry. Yeah. <laughs> wah, 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 <laughs> judge. <laughs> we're being sympathetic, Barry. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. Thank you, Julie. See you next week. Thank you. Catch up. Okay, radio. Hey, on the New Zealand Bridge website, there's a photo of Mrs. Trow and Ryan Sung. Whereabouts is Ryan? What stone is he under at the moment? Yeah, he was he was a rising talent, and Absolutely. I haven't seen much of him. So whether he's studying or what he's doing, I don't know. Hey, Ryan, send us an email if you yeah. get this. We'd love to know what's happening to you, and when are you going to be back? What's that email address, Mariana? Bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Maybe he took a trip overseas and hasn't been able to come home? <laughs> that could be the case. Could Don't know. Be. But if anyone does know, let us know because he loved his bridge. Well, you could do a bit of stalking. You could always look him up on NZ Bridge and see if he's been playing lately.
Yeah, some of them were asking me there about Pearson's Law, Mariana. <laughs> you think that's worth another run? Oh, my goodness. Do we need to tell the listeners about Pearson's Law then. again? Let's have a review of Pearson's Law. So Pearson's Law is that if you're fourth in hand and you're thinking, should I open the building, should I not? It's all about the spades, Mariana. Mm-hmm. So you, Well, not all about the spades, but a lot about the spades. So you add the number of high card points you have to the number of spades you have. And if it comes to 15 or more, you open the bidding. You get what that means? If you've got 13 yep. points, but only one spade, you should probably pass, according to Pearson's Law, because what's going to happen? The opponents are just going to outbid you because they've got the spades. That's the theory, whether you believe it or not. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's real. Got any other results? Yeah, Otago Swiss Pairs, won by Barbara Hutton and Lydia Turley. Second were Kieran Scoropata and Anne Somerville. Waikanae Multigrade was held, won by Denise Barnett and Donna Upchurch. Oh, wow. People you know. Yes. That's why I thought I'd mention them. Second were Nigel Kearney and Julie Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Tournament's coming up, of course, on the weekend. Cambridge Sixers are on. Terradale 5A. Jack James, Blair Fisher and all the usual crew are going to be there. The Richmond 5A Swiss Pairs. And actually this week is the Auckland 8B on Thursday. They hold a monthly tournament there. Pretty popular. Mm. Are you going to the Sixers? Not this year. You're not going to dress up? No. We're going as ice cream. Ice cream. But I've made little hats with cones on them for our head. So, yeah, I don't know what flavour ice cream I'm going to be. I'm picking hokey pokey. No, I'm, I'm just... a bit of an orange chocolate chip girl myself. Nah, I think it's hokey pokey. All those <laughs> crunchy bits in the middle. So, listeners, I've got a question. Email us in bridzoneshuffle at gmail.com. If you were to describe yourself as an ice cream flavour, what flavour would that be? And my other question is, if you had to call Barry Jones a particular flavour, what flavour would that be? I've got one that I'm thinking of, and I'll share it with you next week. So send in your flavours, tell us how it describes you and why, and I'll let you know what I think Barry Jones is. Okay, so uh, I asked Jack if he was all sorted for Congress. You're all sorted for Congress? All sorted for Congress? Well, I never have to sort anything for Congress. Oh, that's right. The girls look after you. Oh, guess what? Jenny Millington was down at Palmerston North at the North Island Piers. Her and Judge Julie thought, right, we'll just jump in the car and go down and play. So Barry was left on his lonesome. And we played Waikato Area Piers on Sunday. And when I travel... To tournaments with Barb, my partner, Barb makes the lunch. I do the driving, Barb makes the lunch. And this time, because we're playing at our home club, I thought, actually, I'll do Barb a favour. I'll make her lunch. I didn't tell her, but I made her lunch, put it all in a nice little sandwich sealed pack, and I get there, and bloody Barb's taking her own lunch. And I was like, oh. It's an ill wind that blows nobody any good, though. <laughs> I was like, oh, who can I give it to? And I was like, I know. There's a man that his wife's left him all alone. He's had to fend for himself. So Barry walks in into the club. I was like, come over here. I've got something for you. And I give him a packed lunch. How did you know that I hadn't prepared my own lunch and put it in a little basket? Because you're hopeless. Oh, yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, I know. And probably everybody knows. But yes, I looked after him. So his bridge zone wife took his lunch. Not really, but it was all right. 
beautiful morning tea and I got back in the afternoon session I was like, you brought Barry lunch? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. He got it by default. <laughs> well, it must have been good because I won an A point in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so, it must have been a lunch. Everybody out there that's heading to Congress, get all your stuff together because Richard Solomon is wanting to know how much we're catering for. The numbers look pretty good. We probably need to get somebody on to talk about that, probably Richard, to see how the numbers are tracking. Australia, it's a bit dodgy. Oh, it is a worry. Next week we'll have some more reports on A's to K's. Bye for now. See ya. This programme is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.